My guest this week is Becky Boucherat, who's an arts management graduate who works in the events industry and is a trustee of the Fentner Exchange. Hello, Becky. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, good. We'll start with firsts. And what was your first experience working in events? I was trying to think about this. I don't know. I think actually probably being involved in them was the Fentner Fringe, I think. I went to a lot. So when I was growing up, I went to a lot of festivals. My family put on quite a lot of gigs. Um, so I've been around them a lot. Enjoyed hosting when I was younger. But yeah, my first one that I properly was involved with was the Fringe, I think. So what kind of things did you get involved with uh, off the back of your degree? So the Fringe came before my degree. Um, but off the back of my degree was... I was based in London, so I worked with places like Village Underground, um, who are a gig venue but we did their, like, um, uh, managing volunteers for them and getting people to fly and help at events for them. And then generally I actually just helped with grassroots projects. So, like, my friend's band, I did their merch and PR. And Who's that? Who's that? It's, like, an oldie band, yeah. but they're brilliant. Um, they're called Slim Chance, and they used to play with Ronnie Lane off of Small Faces. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But then it turned into Ronnie Lane's Slim Chance. And so they were my old men friends in London. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, festivals. I would work on the accreditation doing the gates at Glastonbury, mm-hmm. Secret Garden Party. So, what was, yeah, what was your role with accreditation? What does that mean? It's where, it's just where all the vehicles come in, is what I did. Yeah. So, I worked on the vehicle gates for where all the traders came in, um, musicians staff that worked on site so I was just swapping passes managing the team there and then mostly having to be mean to people that didn't have the right passes and shout to big burly men it's horrible (laughs) (laughs) slash great all right um I'd now like to talk about the Ventnor Fringe which you've recently been made a trustee of so could you firstly just tell us about what the Ventnor Fringe actually is so it follows the same format as the Edinburgh Fringe Festival um in the way that it's open access, anyone can apply, and covers all disciplines. So generally it's theatre-based, but also um, we have a lot of puppetry and live music, comedy, we do a lot of workshops and talks, um, and generally it's for work in its early stages, so it's where lots of people come to scratch new pieces of work. Um, With Ventnor it'll be more work that's heading towards Edinburgh, so Ventnor is okay. a very tiny scale version of it. It takes place in a very eccentric, beautiful seaside town on the southern tip of the Isle of Wight. So it's a very obscure place anyway, and very small, and just lends itself perfectly to becoming a bit of a playground to artists and general creative people to come and play. Yeah, because I remember you talking to me about um, Ventnor as a place. Mm. And you think, like, what makes it such an eccentric place, as you said? The people there is what makes it so brilliant, I think. Firstly, it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful setting. It's kind of got a backing of the downs, so hills covered with trees, and then you've got a huge bay, sea, and wonderful views. Um, It's quite isolated, even on the island. It's definitely its own space, so people are very local there. And then, yeah, you just have a lot of creatives, a lot of independent... Um, shops and businesses 
um, it's got quite a history in terms of being a place where people would come to write. Lots of famous old writers stayed there in the way it was kind of a health spa. People would come to relax. Which famous old writers? No, I knew you were going to ask me this. I can never remember the names of the people that went there. I feel like I want to say Tennyson. The more old school people that have been there a lot were St. Winston Churchill. So he visited there a lot but so his family maybe he even came from there his family lived there now so there's Anthony Churchill who I believe is his grandson is a major supporter of the Fringe Festival he's generally a big character in Ventnor but supports us a lot and then writers like Dickens Elgar I'm sure Tennyson was as well but generally people would come and visit and write um Quite an inspirational place to be, do you think? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I don't think you can really understand it until you go there. Lots of the artists that have come to the Fringe are kind of a bit overwhelmed and surprised by the place. Mostly the look of the place, because you do kind of come in from this hill and you d- it just opens out into this huge expanse of sea. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of people retreated there to write and relax. And similarly, even now, so a lot of musicians come from there um, a famous group is the Bees, who you might have heard of, you'd recognise their songs, I think, but um, is one of the backings that's always on Six Music. Cool. You should Google that as well. Um, they had a recording studio in Ventnor, and they actually used the old mixing desk, which was the one used in the very first original Isle of Wight festival oh, cool. in 69, 68. Analog mixing desk, it's very cool. And um, then they pass that studio down onto a group that are based there now called Red Squirrel Productions, mm-hmm. um, who use the same mixing desk. I don't know if they still do now, but so in this next generation, there's bands like Champs who come from there who are doing really well, and Plastic Mermaids, um, a guy called Alex Shivers who is now actually based in Bristol, running Shiver in. So lots of creative things come out of Ventnor. So I think that's what makes it so special in the first place and then it's tiny so it becomes this playground we get given the keys to various different empty venues and spaces so yeah so everyone knows everyone and you're sort of everyone knows everyone which mostly helps in this context i'm sure the people that live there year-round it becomes a thing that is hard but for the festival it's brilliant because everyone chips in someone knows someone that can do something or has a living room or a basement you can use or will have an extension cable just when you need one or yeah that mm. kind of thing that sounds pretty great yeah it's so good. becky could you tell me the difference between the ventnor fringe and the ventnor exchange i can do that so when the fringe began we were very it was all very makeshift it still is quite makeshift but so each year we would set up a temporary box office just during the festival um that became our base while we were there but as the festival grew we needed a a sturdier base and box office and also after everyone graduated a few of the team wanted to move back to Ventnor um so born out of that kind of need for a box office and a space and a regular base and a place to continue doing work throughout the year came the Ventnor exchange so as I mentioned earlier where we get access to various obscure venues in the town one of the spaces that became available was the old post office we opted to rent it so the Ventnor exchange is our year-round venue so it's a venue and has become the base 
of the of the fringe, but generally a year round space. Mm-hmm. Um, the Venue Exchange is a theatre and a record store and a craft beer bar, and is where Jack and Vari from the Fringe team, the kind of original members, work year round now. So they produce work there, run the venue. They do a lot of community outreach programs, youth programs and generally connect really well with a lot of other networks and groups on mm. the island, everything from heritage groups to local schools. Um, so it's not just a, a creative thing, they're really involved with the community. And yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. Cool. Which is, that's the real heart of it, I think, even with The Fringe, especially in Ventnor. It's so much more about the community of the festival than... Absolutely, it's about the art. The art is the key thing, but what's so special about it is the community that is created by it. So that leads us on to why does it matter? And I would like you to tell me why you think that fringe festivals matter. For many reasons. From the art side, um, I think that that's where all major art comes from. It has to start from somewhere. You have to have that create work often without very much money and it just gives a space so I think for work to get off the ground fringe festivals are really important um, for networking between different artists I think it's a really special way of collaborating um, and developing work it's all about the developing work side of it um, I also think it's really important for getting art out of the major cities and the places where it normally happens um, and bringing it back to local communities um, yeah I think it's a huge thing in making them accessible mm-hmm. um, and integrating art within general life I think it's getting sidetracked a lot at the moment maybe less so now but particularly in schools and things I think it doesn't get a good enough look in whereas well, hopefully if it's involved with the community then hopefully Benton will change how exactly. art's seen in that community and yeah. other Community will follow suit. Yeah. Yeah. And our next section is called Overlooked. Are there any other small events that you think deserve more attention than they get? Yes, definitely. Always. Um, One that's been born out of the fringe and of the support network that kind of came from there is my friend Kate, who runs the Errant Stage. Um, She bought this most beautiful old van I think was once a Luton and has been transformed into a kind of um, kind of opens out like a concertina kind of thing, turns into a stage it's called the Errant Stage and she tours it around the country um, So how do you spell that? E-R-R-A-N-T Yeah, find it on Facebook and support because she's just done a massive fundraising campaign um, and she uses puppetry and puppetry workshops to engage with children and is doing that same thing of bringing art to audiences that might not normally get to experience it, be part Mm. of it. Um, Well, so another friend called Kate, a different one in Bristol, um, is a part of the Freedom of Mind Festival. So that uses the arts to raise awareness for mental health and to get people talking about it more openly and normally. that's quite a big event now isn't it yeah. like, I was there and the it's mayor cool. of Bristol was there doing a speech gave a really and good talk 
Yeah. That's why I think they are so important, going back to why. I think it's like the arts allows you to um, have different conversations that you might not otherwise. So, yeah. There's a lot of festivals kind of based more around conversation now as well. Mm. Smallest Festival is a cool one, all about workshops around um, kind of eco-friendly living and local living. They do lots of talks. There are loads. The Do Lectures do really cool talks. I am just promoting all of my friends' work, but it's fine. Um, is Project Dirt Run Offline Festival, which I think they had their first year last this year. But um, again, that's all about uh, engaging communities, um, a lot of eco-friendly focus as well, talks, workshops. I think anything that's more workshop and talk heavy is quite fun at the moment. It's quite yeah. a new thing, you think? I think it's becoming a more done thing. Because uh-huh. even at, like, we worked at Shambhala this year with the charity I work at, and Shambhala's a festival that is so rooted in the arts and is super creative and amazing and wonderful, but at the same time a huge part of it is workshops and talks and um it's a few more varied uh, focus performance yeah. things than just music and stuff isn't it yeah so. it's exciting yeah so if you if you had um infinite money like hypothetically yeah. and decided that you wanted to start some sort of festival or um series of talks or something what kind of subject would you think would need to be covered really similar to the offline festival i think anything that gets you away from your phone from technology from the um, kind of individualist nature of today's society. Anything like that that gets you just back to your roots and talking to the person next to you and playing good music together, I think. That sounds nice. Yeah. I'm now going to play a song called Hustle On by a musician friend of mine who goes by Harry Cassell. Thank you. 
music has been featured on BBC Introducing and you can listen to it on SoundCloud. This leaves us with the final question for today, which is, if someone wanted to start out working in events, how would you tell them to go about it? I was going to say volunteering, and I still say volunteer. I think it's the best way to just become a part of things. But I think a huge part of it is about meeting people and talking to people. All the jobs I've got in the art have only ever really been through meeting people and talking to them and using those connections. But then equally... I think it's actually just having confidence in yourself. I think you have to see yourself as a producer straight away and just just start just start doing your own thing, which volunteering will help in terms of getting the foundations for that and knowing what you're doing, but I think just go for it, hmm. really. Yeah. If someone wanted to learn a bit about the Ventnor Exchange, a bit more than you've said today, or get involved in some way, how do they go about that? VentnerExchange.co.uk And we're on Facebook, Instagram, all the usual. Um, and applications for the Ventnor Fringe Festival will open before Christmas this year. So um, follow the site, Facebook generally, and yeah, visit the Isle of Wight. Just go. <laughs> go see Ventnor. Cool. So thanks a lot for coming on, Becky. Thanks for having me. Thank you.